Hey there, and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Flex. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a newlywed couple that likes to talk about moves. We are. We are. We are. Um, I'm super excited about this episode. Yes. This was, this was Frankie's turn to introduce me to a movie. Yes. And uh, the movie is a movie that I just, I love it so much, and I've loved it like since it came out, and I haven't seen it in a while. We just finished watching it, and it just made my heart so full, and I'm just so excited to talk about it. Uh, it's Little Miss Sunshine. It is. Which uh, came out in 2006. I was very surprised, again, that Scott had never seen it. Yeah, never saw um, it. Well, again. It's just so good. In the I'm same so breath, <laughs> as you said, it, it is an oscar movie. It was. It was nominated for some Oscars. But before we get into all that, mm-hmm. it's one of those movies that in 2006, what, I was, so there's 13 years, I was 14. Mm-hmm. This was the same year. This movie came out the same year that The Departed came out. This yeah. That See, The Departed is more my jam yeah, than Little Sunshine won, was going uh, to that's be. That's what won Best Picture that year. I, I, I clearly see, well, again, how I feel about this movie, but that's a 14 I would have not been seeing that movie. Yeah. It, it, it grabbed me back then. because I, I still like these kinds of movies now, but back then even, it was just like a quirky kind of uh, like heartwarming movie. But also, like, the characters are so incredible, and oh, that is so good. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, okay, so first things first. Yes. I just, I want to know your thoughts on it before we get into the nitty gritty. Okay, my thoughts on the movie, it was very good. It was very well done. I liked most of the characters. <laughs> but even the characters you didn't like, you have to admit that they were well done. Like, well-written, well Yes, done. it was very well-written, well very well-done. I still hated that man's guts. Yeah. I swear to God, if he was a real person, I would have punched him in the face at least 20 times during the movie. Who, who does Scotty mean? We'll find out in a little um, bit. Um, but overall, the movie was very well-done. Um, it was funny. It's it was so very funny. funny. I forgot how funny um, it was. It was. Like, I was it, laughing out loud multiple times throughout this movie. Like, it's crazy that I just totally forgot how it's funny it funny. It's even funnier because the family reminds me of exactly. my family. Yes. That's what I was going to say, too. I think it's the humor in it comes a lot from not just, like, the atmosphere and, like, the creation and, like, the building up of the characters, but just, like, the relatability and the groundedness of it. Well, no, but, like, literally... That dysfunction is my family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dysfunctional, but they, like, I like it because you can, even despite the dysfunction, you can still feel, like, really, like, heavy emotions, and there is love underneath it all, and I really, I just appreciate that a lot, because I feel like that's so relatable that, like, families have problems, and well, yeah. individuals in the family well, have problems with other people and with themselves, but though there's at the always end of the that- day, there's an underlying current of, like, these. this is my family and I care about these people. Well, that's the thing. That's so hard to do now, I feel like, with movies in general. Mm-hmm. You get all these people who come into a movie and it, some of them aren't there for the right reasons. Or they don't buy into it all the way. Right. You don't get that chemistry. Everyone clearly bought into this. Everyone was clearly into their role, into the movie. And... Their, their chemistry showed because of it. How many movies do we sit there and we come out of today where we go, did they even test the chemistry between the two leads or the, between this family? 
you know? Yeah. Um, so basically, just to give you a, a brief synopsis before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, this movie is about a typical, uh, like, I guess, middle class slash lower middle class Yeah, lower middle family. class. Um, struggling. Yeah, they're, they're struggling. And they have, uh, it's uh, a mom and a dad, uh, a grandpa, and the brother and sister. And the little girl, uh, whose name is Olive, she finds out that she's gonna, well, she's a contestant, she's gonna be a contestant well, in you're a, missing a family member. What am I missing? Oh, right. The brother. The uncle. The, the, the mother's brother. Yes. Sorry, I forgot. And we'll get to, you know, the casting and everything in a moment, because the casting in this movie, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. But, so there's this uh, dysfunctional-ass family, and the little girl in the family finds out that she's gonna be, like, she's a contestant or a finalist in a... Beauty pageant. beauty pageant, a kid's beauty pageant, and she freaks out. She's so excited, and through uh, a host of circumstances, the family all has to go on this road trip together to the beauty, to the beauty pageant, pageant, which is in California. Right, and they live in like I guess Albuquerque. Like, uh, oh, right, they, they live in New Mexico. So yeah, and it's just like a lot of uh, craziness that happens along the way. A it lot is, of character building. A lot of just it is great, the road trip. From hell. Oh God! With so many great character moments in this movie, it's like, oh God! Like if you're, I feel like, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form like an expert, but I feel like if I were like a film like teacher, I would want to show this movie like as a perfect example of like how to build characters well. Yeah. Like, how to really round out your characters. Oh yeah. And just oh, it's just perfect. So. Let's get into some, um, like, background info on, yes. the, on the flick. This movie was directed by a married couple by the name of Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris. Before this movie, they directed a lot of music no relation videos. to Anna, right? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, before, to Ferris. <laughs> before this movie, they directed a lot of music videos, including a Californication music video. Interesting. So, and then after this... I just want to mention, because they did a, a couple of movies that I really love uh, after this movie as well. They did the movie called Ruby Sparks, which I feel like no one's ever heard of, nope. but it's such a good movie. Matt, uh, do that one another time, because I've not seen it. Yeah, it's, it's it's great. It's a little indie flick, but it's... I mean, this is an indie flick, too, I think, technically, but it's it's really good. And then a uh, more recent movie, Battle of the Sexes, with Steve Carell and... That was and very so. good. That was a great movie, yeah. So And now, I think they're do now doing... Uh, they're going to be directing that show on Netflix with Paul Rudd where he's, like, fighting himself. Have you seen the trailer for that? No, I have not. It looks pretty interesting, actually. So they're, they they are still Paul, well, very successful. Go, going on the side tangent because you brought up Paul Rudd. Yeah. Paul Rudd, I always thought he was just that, like, regular kind of comedic kind of guy, but in the past couple of years, or, yes, he's very good in comedies, he's very broad in act. Like, he actually is a pretty good actor. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, we... Because he's been in more, like, dramatic -y yeah. things. Yeah, but he easily could have been one of those guys who thought, like, oh, you know, he's... Yeah, he's yeah, definitely. Paul yeah, Rudd, he's so. a comedy guy. He's, like, right. you know, he falls into the Seth Rogen kind of... Where, you know, kinda. they're just comedy guys, but then they kind of started branching out. But, well, sorry. Well, it's, it's funny that you can say that, because I'm sure a lot of people would have thought that about Steve Carell as well. And yes. Steve Carell is in this movie. Well, like, let's uh, kind of jettison into the cast yes. here. So, well, did you uh, want to talk about the Oscars it was nominated for? Well, I'm gonna get Sorry, there. I apologize. Apologize, sorry. Jumping. God, uh, 
So anyway, <laughs> God, let me work. <laughs> so anyway, um, okay, so the cast in this movie, like I said, is incredible. Steve Carell plays the brother of yes. the, the mom in the movie. Yes, who... Who uh, recently... Tried to commit suicide. Tried to attempt suicide. And it's funny because, like, before this movie was made, like, when they were doing the casting, I think the producers were a little worried about him as the brother, Frank. Yeah. Because uh, he wasn't really very well known. Well, but then, when, like, right before the movie came out, 40-year-old virgin hit... And the office hit. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 And Steve Carell, like, became a household name overnight, and then they went from not really knowing if he was going to work out in the the role to, like, heavily promoting him in the movie. Like, this is Steve Carell's in this. And it was a dramatic role, so he went from two huge comedy powerhouses to this movie. Well, and Steve Carell has navigated his career quite well, jumping from different comedies to dramas, from yes. Evan Almighty yes. to, like, uh, what's the last one? The last ones he did was, like, Foxcatcher. Um, okay, so the rest of the cast, let's just go through it, because it's uh, a really... No, I, I was always surprised. Oh, my God. Sorry. Every time I try to say something, Scott, I, what I, kind of marriage is this? <laughs> marriage where I like to talk. He looked really young here. Like I, I don't Steve Carell? Know, Steve Carell yeah. looked really young. And I, I don't know why he just looked really young here compared to, like, The Office, I guess. Maybe because this was filmed right um, before, the, before The Office? Yes, I want to say. Because yeah. it came, I don't know, 06, right? So yeah. He just looked really young. But sorry, go on to the rest of the Oh, guests. thank you. Thank you for letting me continue. Okay, so the mom in this movie, who is uh, Frank's Steve Carell's uh, sister, is Cheryl, and she's played by Toni Collette, who is, I think, a very underrated actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, if you don't know who she is by name, she was recently in that uh, horrifying film, Hereditary. Yeah. But she's she's done a lot of great movies, too. I know her from Muriel's Wedding, and if you don't know what that is, it's a great movie. It has a whole bunch of ABBA music in it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I oh, grew up with that movie, because uh, my mom's a big ABBA fan. But yeah, I love her. And uh, her husband is played by Greg Kinnear, and that's Richard. And that is the character that Scotty hated throughout this, most of this movie. Pretty uh, much all the movie. Rightfully so, because he's awful, and we'll, we'll get to that. We also have Paul Dano, who plays the brother Dwayne, teenage brother. He's fantastic. This, I think, is like his first like major role. And yeah, ever since that, I've... I've really liked him ever since I've seen this movie. He's a, he's a really good actor. I also think a little underrated. Uh, and the little sister, Olive, is played by Abigail Breslin, huh. who I think up to this point, her only like major role was uh, in Signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was a big deal for her as well. And then uh, last but not least... The father. Yeah, yeah we have Greg Kinnear's father, the grandfather of the story, Who's, I mean, I think he's really just known as Grandpa in the movie. I don't think they really mentioned his name. If they do, I, I didn't catch it. But it's, he's played by Alan Arkin. Uh, and fun fact, going into the Oscar situation, because you know me, I'm an Oscar nerd. Uh, Alan Arkin won an Oscar for supporting actor for his role in this movie. And uh, spoiler alert, he only has 40 minutes of screen time. <laughs> and he still won uh, supporting actor. So that just tells you how fantastic he is in his role. 
he, he's really great. Um, but going through the other Oscars, because uh, in 2007 Oscars, this was a, a big, yeah. it was a big movie in the Oscar scene in uh, 2007. It was uh, nominated for, let's see, four altogether, and it won two of them. Yeah, good. So it won for uh, Best Supporting Actor, like I said, for Arkin, and it also won for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, and the screenplay was written by Michael Arndt. I hope I'm saying that correctly. He has other writing credits. The most notable, he's a co-writer on uh, Force Awakens, Star Wars, oh. Force Awakens, and Toy Story 3. Okay. So he's a, he's a pretty talented guy. Yeah. I absolutely love the writing in this. The dialogue is great. The conversations between the family members is so... It's so relatable and also so poignant at points. It's just, ah, it's it's great. Uh, And it was also nominated for Best Picture and uh, Best Supporting Actress for Abigail Breslin. But they obviously lost those. Like I said, Departed won uh, Best Picture. Mm -hmm. So, but it was also, it it just really, it was, it's such a good movie. I'm so happy. But yeah, it it got some uh, Oscar love for sure. I think we can get into the nitty gritty now. Sounds good. Calm down. So we open. Sorry. We get introduced to all the members of the family. Uh, so yes, we open by getting introduced to all the members of the family, pretty in a pretty uh succinct way. Yeah. We pretty much get like a little snippet from each character. So we start off with Olive in the living room watching a Miss America pageant, and she's like kind of imitating the. The, like the, I don't know, the, the, is it a the model? winning. Are they models? Well, I, I guess how to win gracefully. Yeah. Well, as I'm sitting there, I'm going like, because like, I'm watching this, I'm like, what, like, is, are we going to go like, she doesn't know how to, like, feel, like, emotions, so, like, she's watching emotions. No, she, to, yeah, she's not, like, a sociopath. <laughs> well, that's what, well, because I'm watching her, you'd be like, rewind, okay. This is I how- guess if you put, like, spooky music under it, it could look like that, but <laughs> no. Uh, and then uh, we go right into the father, Richard, Greg Kinnear. Oh, my God. Uh, he's giving a lecture in, like, a college or something to, like, a handful of students. Uh, it's kind of underwhelming, but he's basically a, uh, like, nine-step program. This is how you win. This is how you are successful. Like, he's full of shit, basically. <sighs> Uh, and it comes out more and more throughout the the film. I hate no, it, it doesn't come out more. I hated him from literally the opening fucking discussion. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> he's he's pretty rough, but like it's not over the top. Like you believe that this is a real person. Like the whole, because you know the easy way to go with that kind of thing, like you know, oh, this is your easy twelve step program to being a success. Like it's so easy to go over the top. I feel like, but he is grounded and he's really like you believe he's a person uh, yeah I, I believe he's a person he's a shitty person but the- i mean yeah well some people are shitty scott what can i tell yeah, you well. uh and then we have uh, our intro to Dwayne, the teenage son and he's just working out silently in his room and he's you see him counting down to something on his calendar and uh you find out later that he wants to join the naval no not naval the Air Force. The Air Force Academy. He wants to join the Air Force Academy, and he's preparing for that. And you find out exactly how hardcore he's going for preparedness in a little bit. Uh, and then you get uh, the intro to Grandpa, just you know, snorting a line of cocaine as Grandpas do. Clearly, <laughs> Alan Arkin just pulls out some cocaine, snorts it, and happy days. 
And then we get Cheryl, the mom, smoking a cigarette in her car, driving to the hospital. Yelling at her husband. Yelling at her husband on the phone. So you kind of get the sense that they are, you know, bickering spouses. Uh, and she's driving to the hospital to pick up her brother, Frank, Steve Carell, because like we said before, he has just attempted suicide. And again, you find out why a little later on. So Cheryl brings Frank home to the house after from the hospital and the family all kind of converges together. You mean a bucket of KFC? Yes. This, I like this part of the movie because it kind of establishes the family, their class, that where they're at. They eat on paper plates. They, you know, the mom says, "Oh, I'm gonna go cook dinner," and instead she go, like she walks out to the living room, tells her son, "Go out and get the bucket of chicken from the car." <laughs> and I'm gonna make a salad. I'm gonna make a salad. <laughs> that's that's the making dinner. The the dad is like, you know, basically a hustler. He's trying to he's calling people, trying to get uh, this nine step program he has to you know take off. The son is just you know being angsty and. Uh, not talking. Yeah. Well, we find out why he doesn't speak. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Maybe we find it out here, right? Yeah, we find out right now. Uh, he goes to, like, the son goes to talk to Frank, and Frank's like, why aren't you talking? Like, he's, like, my, like, he's, like, miming, like, dinner's ready. And he's like, why aren't you talking? And he's like, oh, okay, you choose not to talk? And he's, like, yeah. nodding his head, like, why? <laughs> and then at some, like, when they sit at the dinner table, he just writes on a notepad, I hate everybody. It was also a great line when he's actually talking to Frank. Well, not talking to Frank. Frank's talking communicating. to him. Communicating. <laughs> communicating to Frank. He points at a picture of uh, Nietzsche. I think. Oh, yeah. He has a picture of Nietzsche on his wall. And he goes, you're not talking because of Nietzsche? And he's, he nods and he goes, so you're not talking because of Nietzsche. <laughs> Nietzsche. I'm going to say it wrong. Fred, Friedrich Nietzsche. Yeah. That's how you say it. So, yeah. It's a... Uh, and then you find out uh, at the dinner table, he has taken a vow of silence, Dwayne. He doesn't talk at all because he is—he has taken a vow of silence until he gets into the Air Force Academy. Yeah. He's working towards his goal to get into the Air Force Academy, and his, all he talks—it's all he not talks about. It's all he cares about, really, because he, like you said, he, I hate everybody. He doesn't really give a shit about anything. Which but, I wanted to laugh because you're wearing your Daria shirt that says, I hate everyone. I am. I hate everybody. Uh, I Which was totally to by convenience. I can relate to Dwayne so much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're at the dinner table and they're eating and uh, we get a real sense of the dynamic of this family. Olive is asking, uh, because uh, Frank has Frank, bandages on bandages. He, Frank on tried to arms. cut his wrist. Right. And uh, Olive asks, what happened to you? Like, what was, what's this accident? And the mom, like, you know, she tries to explain to Olive, like, you know, Uncle Frank tried to kill himself, and the father is so vehemently against her hearing it. It's like, oh, he's a sick man. Don't don't listen to him. Don't. And Frank is like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, I think um, he's very, like, he's all about the bullshit. He just wants to peddle his own bullshit. And he, does, he, does it. he wants to cut out Frank's bullshit because he sees Frank as a failure. And he's all about winning and losing, you know, if, if you're, if you're negative in any way, shape or form or sarcastic, you're a loser and you're trying to bring but the winners down. In the same breath, he knows nothing about Frank. Right. Because he's full, that's what I'm saying. He's full of shit. Because he mentions at one point, he goes, yeah, uh, during his whole why he tried to kill himself, because he does go into that here with, uh. He was, yes, he says he, he was in a... He was uh, in a love with a, his grad student. Yeah, and he and, didn't love him back, and he fell in love with another guy who, who was his competitor, and... 
Yeah, and his then, career fell apart, and he got fired, and all these things happened. And his competitor got this award, and yeah. it all kind of converged. But the other thing is, so he's up. sitting there and he's talking to him, and he goes, "Yeah, the second or the second brightest man on earth, or whatever the award is, like he, right, yeah. he is is his competitor." And uh, Richard goes, "Well, who's the first? And he goes, "Me." Yeah, that's why because he's threat. That's why I love the dynamic because it it. Subtle, well, not mean subtle is the wrong word, but it's implied very heavily that, like, Richard is threatened by Frank. Frank, because he's smarter than him and he knows it. So every time he, like, says something remotely intelligent or intellectual, he's like, ah, shut up. You know? Yeah. So, um. But I do. This is the one thing about this whole this relationship. Yeah, going into telling about Richard's situation, that Richard, Frank's situation here, I do admit. If we were in the same situation, I don't know how I would handle that with talking, telling my kids about that. Right. Well, that's what he, like, they, because the thing is, like, okay, the argument is valid. The argument that, because Richard doesn't want them telling Olive about it because she thinks she's too young. She's seven years old and he thinks she's too young to hear about suicide, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Which is a valid argument. I would disagree. He does it the wrong way. He does it the wrong way. He kind of just, like shits on Frank and makes him feel like garbage and, you know, basically calls him a loser in front of everybody. And it's very, it's fucked up. Yeah, it puts it's down. wrong. It's obviously, it's, it's dead wrong. But if he had went about it the correct way, then it, it would be a decent argument to have whether she could hear about it. But ultimately, I think it's okay because, you know, they don't, well, I you think know, they don't just throw it at her. They explain it to her. Well, yeah, which is kids ro- are very smart. Yes, <laughs> so which is the right okay. way to do it. But in in the same breath, like I don't know how if again if we had the situation, I don't. Right. I, no, I get it. I, get I would it. want to talk with you about it before. Right. But clearly, it. they had at this point they've basically tuned Richard out for the most part. Well, I think because that's part of it too. Like the the husband and wife have a very <coughs> tumultuous. Tumultuous, I guess, is the word. Yeah, I mean, they, they bicker a lot. They bicker a lot. They, they're struggling. <laughs> yeah. So they end up bickering a lot. And, you know, every time, like, Richard says something stupid, she's like, Richard, please, like, shut the fuck up. Like, you're an alien. Stop. <laughs> but, you know, so so this is where we get to the penultimate moment where we kind of have our, like, movie really start. Like, we've introduced our characters. We've introduced their dynamic. And now we need, what's the word? Like a reason to move. what's what's going what on? What are we doing? They get a phone call saying that Olive is a finalist in this Little Miss Sunshine pageant, a last minute edition because another kid had a diet pill scandal. <gasps> so now she's in the she's in the pageant. Olive Pageants. freaks out. She's so excited. The family's like, oh, but, you know, we got shit to do. Like, we can't just, you know, go to California for this pageant this weekend. Like, what the fuck? So they, they bicker and argue, and eventually they decide they're going to they're gonna go to this pageant, all of them together. The mom, dad, grandpa, brother, sister, uncle, they're all going. After bribing Dwayne. Yes. Well, <laughs> Dwayne doesn't want to go, but the mom's like, listen, I'll okay you going to flight school if you just do this, because they can't leave him in the house alone with Frank because Frank's on like, you suicide, know, watch. Suicide, watch, suicide watch. Excuse me. So, yeah. So they all, the next day, they pile into this yellow VW uh, Volkswagen bus 
It's iconic. If you've seen this movie, it's a fucking iconic bust. It looks great. Um, no, it looks great. It doesn't, it doesn't act great. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll get there. Uh, but then you kind of get a little more establishment for Grandpa when they're on the road. Like, this yeah. first scene uh, of them on the road is Grandpa being filthy as fuck. <laughs> well, being filthy as fuck, he's, when he started in the car, I wrote down, God, Richard, Richard's family sucks. <laughs> yeah. But he turns to... Uh, he turns to Dwayne at one point. He's like, Dwayne, I got advice for you. Can I give you some advice? Well, I'm going to give it to you anyway. I don't want you making the same mistakes I made when I was young. Can we hear this? Dwayne, that's your name, right? Dwayne, this is the voice of experience talking. Are you listening? Fuck a lot of women, Dwayne. Fuck a lot of women. <laughs> And then Richard's like, Dad, shut up. And he's like, I ain't doing shit. Fuck you. I still got Nazi bullets in my ass. I was like, oh, God. It's just, oh, he's so great in this. Because he's so, like, cantankerous, but he's also, like, such a sweetheart, you find out later. Uh, We get to, I need to talk about this diner scene. (laughs) So, okay. We get more of Richard's an asshole. (laughs) Craig Kinnear's a dick. Um, So the family's all in, I think it's like a Denny's or just a random diner. Uh, they're all ordering food. They're yeah. like, oh, we gotta, you know, keep it under $4. They all order their food. Olive orders waffles a la Modi. Because <laughs> she, that's how she says it. And it's, oh God, I don't even know how to get into this. So, the character of Olive is played by, like I said, Abigail Breslin. I think in the movie, she has, like, padding on to make her a little pudgy. She's not, like, morbidly obese or anything but she's got a little pudge yeah and the father literally does the most awful thing that you could ever do to your kid especially a, a little girl mm-hmm. he's like hey olive um you know ice cream is made from cream and milk and that'll make you fat you don't want to be fat do you are the miss america girls fat or skinny he's an asshole it's just it's literally just cringeworthy and awful and the rest of the family is like stop like shut the fuck up and they try to like oh olive don't worry eat your ice cream but when the ice cream eventually comes olive is so like scared like kind of like beaten down by his dad's bullshit her dad's bullshit that she's like does anyone want my ice cream it's the saddest thing you've ever seen in your life and even before like right before that frank starts talking like because he's like, oh, you know, Alamode. Yeah. He starts describing, telling what Alamode means, and they and then Richard's like, shut up, Frank. Yeah, because like, he's what being the fuck? Who is he? He's an asshole, sir. I know that. What's his name? That is his name, sir. Asshole, major asshole. That's another example of like, you know, this guy's smarter than you, but so let's peddle more bullshit. Like, you know, it's crazy, but yeah, the whole ice cream scene is so awful, and then when the ice cream comes. The family is like, oh, Olive, this ice cream looks really good. You sure you don't want some? And then eventually Olive is just like, wait, wait, I do want it. And that's, it's a sweet moment because the family is like, The family but Richard. Exactly. Richard's still like, well, you know Olive. And mom's like, shut the fuck up. But the rest of the family is like, we love, you know, we gotta love this kid. Because clearly the fucking kid. Because the father clearly is a dick. Eat the ice cream, goddamn it! Because, uh, also, That's the moral of the story, kids. Eat the goddamn ice cream. Yeah, because it, it's just so. We'll get to it later. I, mean, I had the whole point with the yeah, father the, and Richard later. But. The the father is very. He's a cunt, basically. Yeah. Guys, I, he is, but you know, he's very. He's so like. He's so into his own bullshit 
and he believes it so much and he's just like wrapped up in it and he just alienates his whole family basically yeah. because he's so entrenched in it. So, I, 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 I wrote down quite a few times I called him a putz. <laughs> that sounds about right. So uh, immediately after this diner scene, the car has uh, trouble, the clutch doesn't work. So this is just uh, one of the many bumps in the road in this road crazy trip from road hell. Trip. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after this point, uh, they can't, you know, they can't fix it. They can't get the part that they need for it. So the garage guy tells them, like, hey, if you just, like, push the car, basically, and get it going, then you don't really need the clutch. You just have to get it going, and then you can be fine. So he's like, uh, well, how do we do that? And then cut to the family. All of them, the grandpa are in the car already. The dad is driving. And the three remaining people are, oh, no, the four remaining people are pushing the back, in the back, and pushing the car. Yeah. <laughs> pushing the fucking Volkswagen bus. And like getting it going and running jumping it, in the, to car, the side of running the car. to the side and jumping in as it goes. So it's just one of the many hiccups. But uh, this becomes like a running thing throughout the whole rest of the movie. This is how they get going. Uh, and it's just like a great like, I, way to symbolize kind of like, all right, we just we got to keep pushing. Well, you know? I, I love that. I, I also love uh, Steve Carell going, I'm the preeminent scholar in my field. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pushing like, a Volkswagen. I'm pushing <laughs> this fucking Volkswagen in the middle of nowhere. God damn, my fucking... life. <laughs> so they're driving some more and they're, you know, they're hanging out and, uh, Richard starts talking about the nine steps again, and he talks about this guy, Stan Grossman, who he met, like, uh, yeah. was, you know, connecting with and was going to try and get... Stan Grossman was going to sell his, his right, idea. he's going to sell his idea and get, you know, VHS, DVDs, you know, seminars, all this bullshit. He gets a call from the guy while he's driving, they pull over at a gas station, and he calls the guy back. And, uh, mm-hmm. he's basically the rest of the time while everyone else is doing their own thing at the gas station, he's arguing with the guy on the phone because the guy basically like, you know, dropped him. He's like, listen, this isn't going to work. Sorry. Not sorry. You're de- like, we're yeah. done. And he's like, no, 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 no. This can work. This can work. And it's just, it's a hot mess. But in the meantime, Frank runs into the gas station to get porno mags for Grandpa. For Grandpa and one for himself. And one for himself. He's Be- like, Grandpa's like, treat yourself. Get yourself a, a fag rag. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God. But see, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, is it offensive? Yeah, but it's not meant nastily. It's just uh, like, no, get it, yourself a fag it, rag. It, it, it's not meant, like, again, yeah, he's a, he's an old man that gives zero fucks. Yeah, exactly. But he's, it, he's insensitive. Yes, he's insensitive. He's very um, insensitive. Yeah. Which so, happens, I guess, with a lot with the older generation. Who while we're in the gas anymore. station, surprise of surprise, Frank runs into the guy that he was in love with that basically <laughs> led to him eventually trying to kill himself <laughs> at the gas station, buying these porno mags with big busted women on it. And it's just the most awkward, horrible interaction ever. Oh, it was also great because he says, Steve Grell looks at him and goes, um, trying new things, basically. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, it's just and he, he looks, he sees the porno mag with the busty woman, he goes, Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, so Frank gets back in the car completely dejected. Frank, uh, Richard get, also gets back in the car completely pissed off. He yells at his wife. Well, yeah, he's pissed off and yells at his wife. He's just upset. She gets back in the car. We all get back in the car and we're driving along. And Dwayne, you see Dwayne pick his head up. He looks around the car. 
writes on his little notepad and gives it to Frank. And Frank says, where's Olive? <laughs> they look around, they realize they left Olive at the gas station, <laughs> drive back and like have Olive run and jump back into the car. <laughs> It's just like they're all like such a fucking mess. It's, oh, I, I wrote they're all so fucking self-involved right now. So it's crazy. So then we get a really great moment with Arkin. We have uh, two really great moments with Arkin. So he's in in the car. We get the first one with him uh, going up to the front of the bus to the sun to Richard and basically just like comforting him and encouraging him. And he says like, "Listen, you know, I know I give you shit, but you." did this thing on your own and you try to do this, this nine step thing and get it going. And that's some, that's more than anyone, a lot of other people would do. And that's a good thing. Well, and at first Richard kind of buffs him off. Like he kind of, you know, whatever. Thanks dad, whatever. But then he kind of warms a little bit and he's like, you know, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Well, in it's, the, it's, it's a nice moment and it's slightly redeeming for Richard slightly. Uh, I, I didn't even see it like that. I wrote, at least he fucking tried to, like, you know, do the right thing by his kid. You know, Al Arkin did the right thing, tried to help his kid. I'm like, yeah. how the fuck did Richard come from Alan Arkin? Like, Alan Arkin clearly <laughs> seems to be, like, a good, well, decent I father. All, I mean, I don't know about that. He does fucking drugs. Well, uh, yes, he's an old man who doesn't give a he's shit. He's fucked a lot of women. <laughs> uh, I'm not, yeah, again, not saying that, but, like... So, I mean, I'm sure he didn't have the most stable childhood either, Richard. But, I'm like, but even still, like, you're this fucker now who can't even fucking care yeah. for you, like... Um, but then we get to, uh, they stop at a hotel for the night. They have a, an interesting moment with Dwayne, where the parents are fighting in the room next door, and Dwayne can hear it, and he's, like, smiling while they're fighting, and... Well, Frank he, is like, oh no, turn on the TV, don't listen to that. But he's like, no, I want to, and he turns it off. Well, he doesn't say that, but he just turns off the TV and listens to well, them and smiles. Well, yeah, because he clearly hates them. <laughs> yeah, I think because later on in the film, when, spoiler alert, Dwayne speaks, <gasps> he mentions divorce. So I think it might, I think the mom might be his actual mom, but I don't know if Richard is his actual dad. I'm not sure. I don't it's know. not really said outright. I'm not sure. I don't think that's the case. I'm not. I don't know if he meant because he said he just says divorce. So I don't know if he means like oh. Like, I think he th assumes you guys are gonna get the. Like, I think that's what. I, yeah. That's what I assume. I don't it's know more. But but uh, anyway. Um, okay, so then we get the second really good moment with Arkin in the hotel because uh, you know Abigail Breslin's Olive and the grandpa they have a really close bond. Mm -hmm. They're they're in the same yes. room together. And they're like, you know, rehearsing for the big uh, dance number yeah. in the pageant together. Because that's the whole thing. Like, he's her coach and everything. Yeah. And um, it, they have this, like, really, really sweet moment when Abigail Breslin is just, she does a great job. She just is like this insecure little girl, basically. Because really all her father talks about is unless yeah. you win, you're basically yeah. she useless. Says, you know, Grandpa, I don't want to be a loser. Daddy hates losers. Grandpa says, you're not a loser. People people that are losers are people that are so afraid they don't even try. And that's, yeah. that's a great message to give to a little kid. And I love that. And he's, you know, she has this moment like, am I pretty? Olive, you are the most beautiful girl in the whole world. <laughs> you're just saying that? No, I'm not. I'm madly in love with you. And it's not because of your brains or your personality. It's because you're beautiful. Inside and out. 
Grandpa, my pretty, like, he's like, you're the most beautiful girl in the world. I don't love you for your personality or your brains. I love you because you're beautiful. Inside and out. <laughs> and it's just such a sweet, like, funny moment. But meanwhile, Richard, after he has this fight with his wife, they're kind of just sitting in silence, kind of just in the aftermath of it. And he just decides in, a, in an instant he's going to go to Scottsdale because that's where uh, Stan Grossman is, this guy that's going yeah. to gonna sell his tapes or whatever and i'm gonna talk to him i'm gonna go there and i'm gonna see him i'm gonna talk to him and i'm gonna convince him to take my product and do something i'm gonna fix this let's fix this so he just goes on his own he can't start the car by himself so he goes and just gets a moped from these guys he's just driving a moped miles and miles to scottsdale to see this yeah from wherever they are at this point and he shows up there and the the guy's played by brian cranston yeah uh very bearded brian cranston And they have this confrontation in this, like, hotel pool area. And he's like, listen, like, the guy tells him, like, you're nobody, bro. Nobody cares about what you have to say. Like, no one cares about your nine steps. You know, we tried, but you got to move on. And that's, like, the antithesis of what his steps are all about. He's all about, well, winners win, and that's it. You know, it's not about, like, trying and fail. Like, no, you just have to keep, you got to win. He's peddling the self-help like another self-help book that doesn't really mean anything. Mean it. It, it's like the secret. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So he, he's just like, fuck you. Basically I'm going to do it myself. You know, whatever. You're not a part of this. You're out, whatever. I'm going to do it myself. Well, and so that, he leaves and he goes back to the hotel and then we cut to, well, we also, we get two moments in this, in the hotel, but while he's driving to Scottsdale, of the grandfather in the bathroom. No, I just want to go to the Timbing Den. <laughs> oh, fine. Fuck. We yeah. don't have to keep fucking doing every fucking detail. It's not story. every detail. It's, it's important because he goes to fucking do drugs and that's... Well, we already established that he does drugs here. Fine. Fine. Cut me off. It's okay. Okay, I will. So, uh, we cut to, like I said, after 40 minutes of screen time, Alan Arkin's grandpa is dead. OD'd, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's really like a sad, sad thing, because they're all in the hospital. Abigail Breslin goes to her parents, and it's like, Mom, Dad, Grandpa won't wake up, and then you cut to them in the hospital. They're, you know, waiting to see what's going on with Grandpa, mm-hmm. and Olive tries to basically humor everybody with an eye test, and uh, that's going to come back later, so just remember that. And then the mom is just like, you know, I love you guys, and she's trying to comfort her kids, and I love you guys so much, and, you know, no matter what happens, you know, Grandpa loves us, da 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 and there's this little sweet moment. This this movie is just filled with so many sweet moments, and so many things with the characters, it's just so good, because you really feel like this is a real family. Like, they're fucked up, and they're crazy, and they, like, bitch and moan each other but at the end of the day they love each other because even though Dwayne hates everybody he turns to Olive he writes on his notepad turns to Olive and he shows it to her and it says go hug mom and it's like a sweet really just heartwarming little moment and there's a lot of those in this movie and I just I love it and she goes over and hugs her mom because she's upset and so eventually the doctor comes out and tells them I'm sorry but he's gone he's dead and uh, 
you know, they have a little confrontation with the administrator at the hospital because they're like, you know, we got to go to this pageant. Like, can we just go and come back? And the lady's like, uh, no, bitch, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's a dead body here. Yeah, you can't just leave the body. So the family has a has a moment. <laughs> and it, it was great because they go in and they, you know, the, Richard wants to go and see the body. And, he's, you know, he's upset. He's grieving for his father. And then uh, the mom's mm-hmm. like, don't worry, honey. You know, we'll do the pageant next year. And in that moment... Scott's like, he looks at me when, like, they have this moment. I'm like, are they going to take the body? <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, bitch, they take the fucking body. <laughs> they literally, the dad is like, we're going to take Grandpa's body, push it out the window. <laughs> Dwayne and Frank go out there and grab the body, put it in the car. <laughs> we're going to this pageant. It's literally, like, we're all losing our fucking They're mind, going but- to I don't. They're like, we've gone this far. We're fucking doing this. They're going to jail. The father would go to jail for this. In any normal situation, yeah. But like, here's the thing: like, it's a movie, a and b. Narratively, it's it's so it's such a cool, like, funny, crazy moment because the dad is literally like, listen, grandpa, grandpa coached Olive for this pageant. It would be a dishonor to his memory <laughs> if we didn't take this fucking pageant. All right, that's it. Dishonor. Dishonor on your whole family. Make a note of this. Dishonor on you. Dishonor on your cow. So they all just get on board. They do this fucking crazy thing. I feel like in a real hospital, this never would have actually worked. Like some security well, a, guard or doctor. Well, or, also because the windows don't open far enough to squeeze yeah, body out. Yeah, I feel like. But, you know, this movie land, Hollywood, bitch, it works. So they get him in the car and they just drive away. And then uh, uh, they have a, obviously, you know, of course they get pulled over at one point because the horn gets stuck in the car because the car is just a piece of shit. As beautiful as it looks, it's a piece of crap. And the horn gets stuck, so the cop pulls him over. And uh, surprise, surprise, he goes to the trunk, looks inside, and the porno mags from earlier fall out. And the cop is like, oh, don't worry. I won't tell the missus. Hardy, har, har. It's not noticing the body. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's covered by a sheet. So I guess he just assumes, like, I don't know, stuff. I don't know. It's fucking nuts, man. But uh, then we get this moment. And when Olive, okay. When Olive was in the hospital and she was talking about the eye test, because I've seen this movie before, and if anyone else has seen this movie, you know where I'm going with this. I literally was like, oh, God, I like just like my heart broke already. And I was like, Scott, pay attention. He's pay attention to the eye test. It's going to come back. And uh, so they're in the car and Olive still has the eye test and she's playing around with it with uh, Frank and Dwayne. She shows the test to Dwayne to test colorblindness. And she says, what can you can you see? That's like a splotch of color and then another color showing a letter inside like it. You know, if you aren't colorblind, you can see the letter inside. And Dwayne is like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, it's right there. There's a letter A in this circle. You don't see it? And Frank is like, I think you're colorblind. And it's like, Dwayne's like, question mark on the notepad. Like, what does that mean? And he's like, Dwayne, you can't fly a jet if you're colorblind. And he immediately... 
Paul Dano in this movie is fantastic. Because I mean, they're all fantastic, I think, performance-wise, but he's just so good in this because he immediately just has, like, a fucking breakdown and starts banging the car, like, oh, we gotta pull over. He's just having a nervous breakdown, and he break he gets out of the car, they pull over, and he just emits the most guttural scream of... <laughs> I've ever heard yeah. and it's just so oh god because it's his whole everything that he's been preparing for and dreaming about is crumbling and he's it's just oh it's so good it is and then we get the whole moment of like him yelling about his family yeah, and how his, they're his all mom, terrible his mom tries to go down and comfort him and he's like fuck you i don't want to be a part of this family i'm not going i'm not going in the car with you i'm done and the mom is just like defeated. She's like, I don't know what to do. And then we get another sweet ass fucking moment. One of my favorite relationships in this movie is the relationship between Dwayne and Olive because I feel like she's the only, she's the one that he cares about the most because she's the most yes. authentic in his eyes. So when she goes down to talk to him, she doesn't even talk. I shouldn't even say that. She doesn't say a word. She just goes down and gives him a hug, hugs up behind him. And within two seconds after him, Dwayne being like, no, I'm not going. Fuck you guys. I hate you all. You all are fucking losers. He's like, okay. And he gets up and he gets in the car and he says, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said those things. I didn't mean them. I was upset. I was upset. Let's go. And they go. They just move right along. So this kid has had like a complete like breakdown of everything he's ever dreamed of. And his life is just fucked up. You know, normal 15-year-old kid stuff. And he gets in the car because his sister wants to have this pageant. And he's like, all right, I'll do it for you. And I just, I love that moment so much. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Well, it's funny because at this point I said, I even looked at you and I'm like, I feel like they test kids earlier for colorblindness than 15. I, do they test kids for colorblindness? I feel like it would come up. like. Yeah, I don't know. It just never came up, I guess. Yeah, well. I don't know, but yeah, he realizes in that moment that he's colorblind. Okay, here we go. We're finally at the pageant. Thank the fucking Lord we're here. And uh, immediately when we get here... After driving through a sidewalk. And <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a mess getting in there, but eventually we get there. It's it's kind of weird. Cause you kind of just enter a completely different world. Yeah. Uh, and a world like, that none of them are comfortable with. Right. Well, you realize pretty much immediately when you get there, this is not like a like a body dial like bullshit pageant this is a real toddlers and tiara-esque pageant with big hair and fake teeth and makeup and it's a mess and girls wearing bikinis yeah like it's, it's seven well there's yeah they're seven and eight that's that's what they said yeah. i think six or seven or eight one of them but yeah um so yeah it's a fucking nightmare I, they have a cute moment with olive and this uh pageant lady this yeah. is like miss california i think is at the pageant like mm. judging it and she goes up to her to say hi, Olive and her mom. And they're talking and they're really cute. And uh, Olive just goes to the girl and she's like, um, do you eat ice cream? <laughs> and the lady, yeah. like, thank God she's a human being. And she says, of course, 
I love, I ice, love cream. ice cream. You know, I this like, is my favorite. I like I love Cherry it. Garcia. Yeah, it's just such a fucking cute moment because all of you just like, oh, okay, <laughs> give me an ice cream. It's fine. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because, <laughs> you know, it could have very easily been like, oh, no, sweetie, I don't really eat that much ice cream. You know, yeah. I'm trying to watch my figure. <laughs> but yeah, they just have like this human moment. It's so great. Um, so they check in. What I love too is that Frank, who yeah. up to this, you know, uh, throughout the beginning of the movie was suicidal, literally the second they get there, leaps out of the car and runs. Kicks the door off the hinge. Oh, yeah, because they're like, because they're like late basically yeah. to get to register for Olive to get into the pageant. So he runs to register her. And it's like, oh, he's in the beginning of the movie, he's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Like, this is going to, like, what the fuck yeah, are you doing? Like, oh, God, I hate this. And now he, like, cares so oh, much. Yeah. He's like, we gotta get this girl in this pageant. And he, it's just such a good moment. And that's that's why I love, because every single character is developed and has an arc. Yeah. It's just, it grows. Oh, it cares about their family. It's just the story of, like, the, the writing is just perfect. They um, check in. Okay, so they, they check in. Uh, they have an, like, you know, they have a little confrontation trying to check in because they're late, yada, yada. By four minutes. Yeah. But they got, they get it. They get in. You know, thank God. Uh, the pageant starts. Richard goes outside to call a funeral home to take his dad's body away. And that's like, a, you know, because obviously they don't want to leave him outside in the trunk for hours. Decompose. Yeah, we don't we don't want that. It's a little nasty. But yeah, at this point, Scott looks at me. He's like, how are they getting away with this? <laughs> and I'm like, they just do. <laughs> I'm like, they, they would go to jail. They literally take the body to the funeral home. They sign paperwork right there. And that's it. They say he died in the car. And that's it. <laughs> so, I can't. Because the other woman clearly had things that he died. Yeah, I mean, you would think that the other hospital would be concerned that a body is missing, but I mean, they don't address that ever, so it's, it's not important. <laughs> so, once the pageant starts, you realize very quickly that Olive is the only normal kid in a sea of monsters. <laughs> it's just, like, these little girls are just painted and, you know, dolled up just grossly. And they're sashaying down this runway and posing, like, obnoxiously and fake smiles and neat. And Olive goes and does her little walk. And she's just walking like a normal kid. And it's yeah. it just shows the difference, the stark difference in how Olive is being who she is. Because even after she, because she's the last one, if you notice. Yes. She's the last one to walk. And after she saw all these girls who look completely different from her, sashaying and smiling fake and everything, she does not... She, she does not alter her walk. She doesn't do anything. She just walks like she walks. She's yeah. just Olive. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, so. And she, you can tell by her face, she's clearly nervous. Oh, yeah. She's nervous, for sure. But uh, you know what? All those little girls are nervous because you have to be. You know, bright lights, all these people watching but, you. But they don't show it because they're being fake. But Olive is showing who she truly yes, is. Yes, true. Which is just like the overall arc of Olive, basically, is that she is who she is. So, you know, pageant stuff is going on. Madness. The host, the host of this pageant is oh like God. the, the low-key like MVP because he just is horrible. He's like got he's, this disgusting fake tan. He's another. He's singing oh "America the God. Beautiful" to these little girls. It's so creepy, but so funny. Like in their face. Yeah, it's too. just it's I'm great, like, dude. I'm like, you're not. No one cares about you here. Um, 
Dwayne and Frank have a great moment outside because they just like, let's get the fuck out of here. This is crazy. So they go outside by the water and it's just this really poignant moment where like Dwayne is like, I wish I could just sleep until I'm 18 and then go away. Like, I don't, I can't deal with this shit, you know? And Frank is, you know, again, his arc is just, he's come full circle. He's now, when in the beginning, him and Dwayne were kind of commiserating on how shitty their lives are. Now he's kind of giving him advice and, you yeah. know, he's saying like, listen, life is suffering and suffering is the best part of life because it makes you who you are. Yeah. And that, I feel like that's so true and it's just such a poignant message. It is. And also, yeah. oh, and also Dwayne says, you know, just, I'm going to do what I love to do and fuck it. I'm going to fly someday. Yeah. If I want to fly. If I want to fly, I'll find a way to fly. You, know, you do what you love and fuck the rest. Uh, it was it was a great message and Steve Carell delivered it so well. He really did. He did great in this. It was sweet because of everybody else, the person, they developed a very nice relationship throughout the movie. Yeah, I like, and he says even, like, I like you talking again, Dwayne. You're, you're not as dumb as you look. And he laughs and they have this, like, war- it's, it's nice because they're all kind of warming up now. Like, they're, Dwayne is warming up to his family more and uh, Frank is, you know, kind of coming out the other side of his suicidal yeah. ideation. And it's just a really sweet, warm moment. Like, this whole movie is just full of sweet, warm uh, moments. Well, I love it. Another line I thought was great in this scene was, if you sleep till you're 18, you miss high school and your family, oh, yeah. and you miss all those great years of suffering. <laughs> And he's like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I was like, that's a great little line. Um, so they go back into the hotel. Richard is in the audience watching this whole time. Mom is backstage with Olive throughout, like, because yeah. she keeps, you know, she goes yeah. out, comes back in for different, like, rounds yeah. of the contest or whatever. And Richard takes slowly more and more horrified he's as he keeps more watching. more concerned because this is, like, realizes that like this is not a game like this is serious like these people are fucking crazy like this is not gonna like olive's gonna get humiliated out there so it's like right before the talent portion like the talent portion is going it's right before olive's turn and richard goes backstage and Dwayne also comes backstage and they both say i don't want olive to do this she's gonna get humiliated you these people are terrible this. you can't let her do this like Dwayne is like fuck beauty contest this is wrong and he tells his mother, he's like, you're the mom. You have to stop her from doing this. You can't let her do this. And the mom has the best fucking moment. And That's I just fuck love up. this. I want to be this mom. I want to be fucking Tony Collette when I have kids. Because she literally just says, no, I'm not stopping her. This is who she is. Olive is different. She's weird and she's funny and she's not like these other girls. And Olive she, has to be Olive. She has to be Olive. We can't tell her she can't she needs to be olive and i just i fucking love that well it was also she, great she she wants to do this olive wants to do it she has to do it because it's it's what she wants in her heart well the other thing is olive hears all of this yeah and she reacts to like because Dwayne says something about she's not like the other girls right. and olive olive almost looks a little defeated at that point but then she hears her mother and she's like right. and she she perks up and she's like okay I, i'm gonna do this and she gets out there oh my god this i i literally was so ready for this i literally told scott i'm like 
are you fucking ready? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for this talent show? Because this is going to be fucking amazing. So Olive goes out there in a top hat, and like a business, businessy like attire, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> and she she, she dances to Super Freak, Super Freak, which is hilarious. And I'm fucking dying at this point. I'm now a- this is this is the penultimate moment, the climax of the film. The family rushes out to the audience all together. It's so cute. They go out to watch Olive and they realize Olive dedicates the dance to her grandfather. Yes. Who's in the trunk. Yeah, who, the, the, the host asks, so where's your grandpa right now? He's in the trunk of our car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then they start the dance. She basically does a strip tease. <laughs> <laughs> Which her, but mind you, grandfather was coaching her to do the striptease as a super freak as her oh dance my God. to a uh, fucking pageant. Oh my God, I was dying. The audience is completely dumbfounded and except, horrified. Except, except for, for Miss California. A handful of people. Miss California, the judges in the audience, the sound guy in the back Who's is laughing. <laughs> like, yeah. And, <laughs> and one of the dads in the audience is like, yeah. So the family notices that Everyone else is basically horrified. People are leaving. People are walking out. They're so disgusted with the situation. But the family, slowly but surely, each of them gets up and starts clapping and cheering for Olive. And yes. it's just such a, oh, again, heartwarming. Like, it just makes my heart so fucking full. The, one of the nasty, like, judges gets disgusted after Olive throws her fucking shirt at her. She walks over to Richard, and this is where Richard has his redeeming moment. Yes. He realizes in this penultimate moment that winning doesn't fucking matter. Contests don't fucking matter. No. The lady, the judge, she goes up to Richard and she says, what is your daughter doing? He looks at his beautiful daughter, who's crazy as fuck, strip-teasing the super freak, and he says to this cunty woman, She's kicking ass is what she's doing. And I'm like, yes, thank God. He realizes it doesn't matter. And he just, he, he lets it happen. So they're all cheering for Olive. And the lady is trying to stop this performance. She's like, get her off stage, get her off stage. And the security guard goes and tr- tries to grab Olive. No, not security guard, the host. Oh, right, the host, sorry. The host goes to grab Olive. And Richard has a moment. He's like, don't touch her. Don't touch my daughter. And the second he touches her arm, he grows up there and tackles the host. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Finally. He has like a fucking human moment. Yeah. Oh, And God, then so good. The, the, the judge lady is like, get your daughter off the fucking stage. Get her off. He's like, don't worry, honey. Keep dancing. Get her off the stage. So he looks like he's Richard, coming onto the stage. Yeah, Richard just slowly walks on the stage. And Scott was worried. Yeah, because he, he thought he was going to stop. To him. this point. Richard has been a piece of shit. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> so, But he's standing there behind Olive, and he looks around, and he takes the moment in, and he's like, fuck it. And he just starts dancing with her. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, God. It's... And then Frank goes on stage and starts dancing. Dwayne goes on stage and starts dancing. The mom goes on stage, and they're all dancing together, and it's just such a fucking amazing and moment. The, the, the judge is disgusted. And I, I looked at Frank, and I'm like, I don't, they just turn the music off. The music off. I'm because, like, if you want this to stop, shut the damn because, music off. Because, God, because the plot does not allow it. <laughs> they have to finish. So, 
yeah, it's just such a fucking amazing moment. Um, yeah, yeah, I wrote, finally, Richard. So the song ends. They're all just so happy together. They don't give a fuck about these people in the audience. Dwayne's the dance moves were amazing. They don't. Oh, Dwayne was a fucking boss. Paul Dano, he just like, oh, God, he just like got into it. It was so <laughs> funny. Because he's just like, these people are awful. But meanwhile, he's on stage. He's like, fuck it. They're all, they all had just had the supreme fuck it. And they just like, we're dancing. I we got this far. We're dancing. I have to admit, everything I've seen Paul Dano in, he's amazing. He really is. <laughs> he's so underrated. I told you he was the guy from Swiss Army Man. And, and he looks completely different. You didn't believe it. You were like, oh, really? <laughs> well, yeah, because he's 22 here. This is 13 well, yeah, years this is ago. Yeah, 2006. So, yeah, it was 13 years ago, and he was 22 at that time. Yeah, but even still, amazing. Um, but, For- yeah, so we cut to them all sitting in the security office, and the cops are called. And the cop comes out and basically is like, listen, we're going to let you go. You just have to agree to never enter your daughter into a California kid pageant ever again. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Steve Crail goes, I think we can look at that. Yeah, we're good. So then they go out to the car and they have this kind of somber moment uh, looking at the trunk of the car. Uh, it's just the sheet in there where the grandfather's body used to be. They have this kind of somber, sweet moment. And they're like, Grandpa would have been so proud of you. You were amazing. And uh, they have one final push of that that car. And it's just so emblematic of this whole movie. It's like, yes, we're struck. Because, like, like, theoretically, after this movie cuts to black, their their problems aren't over. This family is still dysfunctional. They're struggling. But they're they're pushing. They do that last push of the car. And they're all back there and they're pushing. And one by one, they jump in the car. And it's just such a poignant moment because you see each one of them get into the car. And each one of them is broken in some way. But they all get in the car together and they drive home together. And, and we're together. left on the note of the horn. The, the broken <laughs> horn beeping as it cuts to black. I just... Oh, God. The, the fucking writing, the performances, yeah. they're all just so perfect. It was it was done extremely well. Honestly, I loved uh, I loved pretty much most of the movie. Beauty pageants aren't my thing, but I mean, yeah, but it's just such a stark. That's why I liked it because you show up there at the beauty pageant, and it's such a stark contrast to what we've been dealing with. Because everything, everything that we've been dealing with up to that point has been so real and relatable and grounded. And then you walk into this fucking hotel with this crazy kids pageant, and you're like, oh my god, none of this is real. Like, what is this? Like, it's just so fake and bullshit. I was so afraid that if Richard didn't get a chance to turn around, Mm -hmm. I was, I hated him so much that it almost spoiled the movie for me. But the thing is, though, the thing that I like about the character of Richard, like the way they wrote him, is that he is realistic because there are parents that are like that. There are parents that, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to their kids like that. Like, oh, you know, honey, you shouldn't have that ice cream. You don't want to be fat. Like. Yeah. People say like people say that or to their bad kids. mouth their other family members. Yeah, or talk shit to people and you know who are basically who are fake as fuck and just try to peddle that and make yeah. it seem like they are the best in the room, the smartest in the room. That's a real person that exists. That everybody knows a person like that. Yeah. But his turnaround is also realistic because you know he. Yeah, you know, his world has crumbled around him basically. Everything he thought he knew isn't working yeah and he just sees his daughter up there just trying to fucking be 
herself. And he just realizes that, like, I just love that. Because he realizes in that moment, like, this is my fucking family. Yeah. That's all, like, at the end of the day, that's what matters. Exactly. And I just love that. He did, he did a great job. And, I, and like, I love it because not all the problems are solved. Like, no. You know, Dwayne's still angsty as fuck. Oh, yeah, he's fucking uh, 15. You know, Frank is still, his life is still fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. All, they're, all their lives are fucked up still. Yeah. But they have each other. And they're and they'll they're making figure it, they're it out. Pushing. They're they're pushing that fucking they're yeah. pushing that fucking bus. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I just love it so much. Ugh. So did you did you love it as much? I feel like you don't love it as much as I love it. I, I like, but I I've I've seen it multiple times, so I'm kind of I, I I I liked it, and you know what? Again, if it wasn't for my extreme hatred of Richard throughout the entire movie, right until the very end. I think I would have loved the movie even more, but I hated him so viscerally. Now, Abigail Breslin was nominated for an Oscar, which I think was Definitely rightly deserved. so. Um, Arkin was great. Arkin, do you think that he deserved an Oscar for this? I think he did. I, I, think, I think because, I mean, granted, this isn't the only thing Arkin's ever done. He's obviously very talented. Oh, yes, after, very much. Before sure. and after this movie. Um, but I think this character. Considering the amount of time he was in the movie, because he was in the movie maybe well, half yeah. of it, yeah, and he still got the Oscar, I think that speaks volumes to the performance. He he's very even when he's out of the movie, mm-hmm. he's still very important. Yeah. to the movie. Correct. Um. So his character, it makes like if I had to choose who's the more deserving of a supporting actor nod, mm-hmm. him or the daughter, I would choose the daughter. Right. But... I mean, as far as supporting actor, I was, you know... I also I was, don't know that... You could pretty much put any of the male or female leads in, or yeah, yeah. in that role. It's a, it's a great ensemble. They would deserve an Oscar because it's a great ensemble. I'm surprised there isn't one for that, like, best ensemble in a movie. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I think because it's just such a I don't know ensembles are like more of a niche thing like it's easier I guess to just say supporting actor lead but actor I feel like we're getting to the point like in movies now where the supporting actor and the lead actor are getting so blended that's true I mean it's all about like, I, I mean yeah there are certain movies that you could make an argument for an actor being nominated for lead or supporting it's like most recently, we had that discussion with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <coughs> yeah. We were like, okay, now if Leo or Brad Pitt got nominated for this, what would they get nominated for? I made the argument, I think Leo would get nominated for lead and Brad would be supporting. And you made that the too. argument that that would be flipped, maybe, or that they would both get lead. I don't know. I think it could go either way. I think it really just depends but like, on what they are trying to, like, what they think they can shoot. For. True. But in the same breath, this is an excellent ensemble. Yes. Everybody plays a role Absolutely. in this movie. Yeah. And it's not like this, this is the kind of movie if one person if one actor is weak, then the whole the whole thing suffers. Yeah. But gladly if what did we do? What did we do out of five stars last time? Yeah. I, I would obviously give it five out of five myself. I, I love this movie. I'm probably at like a four or four and a half. Alright, that's definitely that's a fair assessment. Um I, I'm in that range. It it was very good. I enjoyed the hell of the movie. The humor was it. The humor was great times because this easily could have been 
way dramatic or way humorous. Yeah, absolutely. But they kind of weaved it. They balanced it very well. They balanced it well together. Um, we <laughs> we didn't even mention the part where the doctor just screams, Linda! <laughs> oh, yeah, the doctor, after, like, having the song, I'm like, I'm sorry, your, your father has passed away, da-da-da-da. Someone will be in to talk to you. And then he walks over to the side, Linda! <laughs> It's just like fucking. It's like Bob's Burgers, Linda. <laughs> uh, but like. But yeah, like it's like they, they have such great like funny moments. Like like yeah. I honestly like I said this already, but I forgot how funny this movie is. Genuinely, I honestly feel if I took some time then watched this again mm. later, yeah, I probably would like it even more. I think so. Too. I think at this moment because, because honestly, like I hadn't seen it. I I can't remember the last time I watched this movie for this it must have been years it had to be and i like especially all the way through maybe not even like years definitely since i've seen it all the way through and it was just so good like this is a this is a movie where on repeat viewings you might not get more nuance like where you have to like oh i see this you pick apart different things but you just get the characters you get the characters more and you get a little better i feel like yeah if i watch this again in like a year or so, mm-hmm. I think I'd, it'd be even higher on the movie. Yeah, because I, when I watched it when I was younger, because this came out 2006, so I was 14, 13, 14. Yeah. Um, I think I I liked it then, just because, like, for the same reasons I like it now. But I think watching it again when I'm a little older, I think I get more of the underlying like messages of it and the symbolism of certain things and it resonated with me even more being an adult and kind yeah. of, you know, experiencing suffering in my life. I think I've, you know, yeah. I think I've, I connected to it even more as an adult watching. Well, when it came out, we were more in Paul Dano's shoes. Yeah, I get, yeah. And now Absolutely. we're 27. Now, and yeah, we, now we're more in like Frank or like, you know, the parents' issues. Yeah. Which I think is great. And then like, you know, if we watch this movie 20 years from now, we'll, Connect more with Alan Arkin, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's like, fuck it, I'm old. I don't fuck care. It, I'm going to take heroin. <laughs> well, that, I don't know if that's going to happen. But... <laughs> well, no, but that's what he said. Yeah. He's like, that was funny, too. When they're in the car at one point, he's like, yeah, I, t- I, you know, I started taking heroin. And Frank's just like, what? You take heroin? <laughs> he's like, I'm old. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck you, it. <laughs> fuck it. You know it's going to kill you, right? He's like, uh, he's uh, like I'm old, goddammit. Don't you ever do, he goes to Dwayne, don't you start doing that shit. You young people don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you young people aren't stupid enough to do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just... Uh, it's, uh, that's why I like movies that are... I like movies that are A, comedy and drama. Also, like... Well, because it's life. Really strong characters, like, connecting with each other. I love that. And also, I just love that it's so grounded. Well, that's the thing about life. Life is... Suffering. <laughs> oh, yes, life is suffering. Uh, but there's no... It's not one thing. That's Nietzsche, isn't it? It all comes back around. Yeah, think, right? exactly. And that, but it's life is a journey. You go through highs, lows. Hell, one day you could experience a hundred fucking different emotions, different yeah. feelings. No, you're right. And that's and when they do it well in movies, like sometimes they beat you over the head, like oh this is so dramatic, beat you over the yeah, head with it. No, that's true. And then sometimes you're like oh it's everything's funny, great, yeah. And then but when they do it right, this is like. You could see this being a real family. You could see this being a real family you would meet on the street tomorrow. So I think our recommendation uh, for those of you that, you know, actually care what we think, please, if you haven't seen this movie, 
Go watch see it. it. And if you if you haven't seen if you have seen this movie, because it's kind of older, it's thirteen years old, thirteen fourteen years old. If you haven't seen it in a while, give it another watch. You know, see how you feel about it watching it again. Because I I definitely definitely enjoyed watching this movie again more than I thought I would because I got something new out of it, which yeah. I like. I, I I like movies that can do that to me too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if when we watch this again, I I'm gonna be higher on it another time. Mm. All right, well that, that was fantastic. I feel really it was. Um, so this this has been shoot the flick, guys. Yeah, that's uh, next next week. We're going to have a new movie we that are. Scott's going to introduce me to that I've never oh, seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, can, we, can we say what it is? Sure. We, yeah, we already picked what it is, yes, right? Yes, we did. Uh, so um, we're going to watch History of the World Part 1, uh, which is a Mel Brooks movie. Uh, one of the many. I've seen a lot of them. I, this is one that I haven't seen, so I'm actually really excited to watch it. It's, it's funny because we're going to get into it, but there are a lot of uh, finding out that there are a lot of negative opinions on this movie, and I don't understand why. All right, so yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about that. So uh, this has been Shoot the Flick, uh, official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We're not on iTunes just yet. We're trying to figure uh, it out. We're going to figure that out soon, so stay tuned for that. But uh, also check us out on Instagram. Yeah. We're at Shoot the Flick on Instagram. And, uh, you know, feel free to comment and... Uh, you yeah. Know, talk to us. Let us know how we're doing. How if you have any suggestions movies. for movies, we'd love to hear that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. We're also working on Twitter, but we'll get there. Yeah, we're going to get a Twitter account as well. This is this is our new baby, our new sister podcast to uh, 17 Milligrams, the Paradoja Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're getting there, guys. Don't worry. We're excited. Um, but, yeah, we'll see you next week. All right? Yep. Bye, guys.